Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm Matt. And I'm Alex. And I'm Carrie. Welcome guys back to the Game Junkies podcast. Game Junkies, um, it's uh, it's Matt here with with Alex and Vicari. Um Always good for us to all be together. Um, we're going to conclude today uh, our look at the champions from this time Gen Seven through Nine, which includes, of course, the Scarlet Violet champions. Before we do go into that though I wanted to ask the two of you if what you thought quickly you had a chance to see the Pokemon Direct that came out um, recently and your thoughts on the uh, announcements of it I mean I only know about the DLC to be honest I never really looked into anything else but it, it, it seems alright though I have to admit there's not a lot to go on from what they've shown so far so I think think it's a bit early to say really i mean that's, that's a completely fair opinion to have i mean absolutely it's very there's a lot that wasn't mentioned and a lot which yeah. people were hoping for if i what i will say is if the second dlc is literally just a school and like an another school ground that is going to be a bit disappointing hmm Maybe. I mean, I mean, the fact that it is paid DLC as well, it doesn't, I believe it does not come free with the um, Nintendo Online expansion. It is cheaper. It is cheaper than the previous DLCs for Sword and Shield. Well, I think it's like 15 quid cheaper. Well, that helps for sure, because, you know, no one likes paying for, for a game and the extra, the extra DLC if they can help it. Um, you know, they obviously announced. There's a whole about Pokemon Day and all that. No, all the card game stuff is great, you know, lovely. But I have to admit, given they have just they have recently done the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance on Switch emulators, I'm surprised that they didn't announce the classic games were coming. I want to say they're going to be available now, sort of thing, but I'm surprised they didn't they're coming because that's the sort of thing which. I mean, actually, you, you've just recently bought Pokemon Red um, for your actual physical um, 3DS. Um, and you, well, I'm not going to speak for you, but <laughs> but um, you're enjoying it, aren't you? Yes, though I have to admit, Misty is a bitch. And Starby is awful. Hate it. But apart from that, the game is very fun. Hmm. But We're doing well. well. And I'd love to be able to play that again on the Switch. Um, through the I managed to, I managed to take down Brock's Geodude with a Pidgey, and um, I managed to take down um, his Onyx with Charmander. So it was quite a fun match. Took down Onyx with Charmander. The two Pokemon that, the two Pokemon who I, it was basically a stall game because Geodude kept using Defense Curl, yeah. so I kept using Sand Attack. So by the time we both couldn't up our stats anymore, he threw an attack and missed basically every time. 
and I did an attack and did like one damage every time. So it got to the bit where he hit me just enough times that Pidgey had like two HP left, and we managed to take down the Geo dude. Yeah. Onyx outsped the Pidgey because Onyx is ridiculously fast in this generation for some reason. Yeah. The I used Nidoran and Pikachu to lower the Onyx's stats, and then Charmander finished the job with Ember. No, ah, so it wasn't 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 all Charmy. Okay, no, no, that's not bad then. I no, no, no. Two two Pokemon set up. The other two did the job. Well, the job got done very well, clearly. Um, which is that's that pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I learned how terrifying Hyperfang is in Gen One. When I bumped into a team rocket with a level 16 Raticate. That was terrifying. This is your first foray into Gen 1 proper, isn't it? Um, yeah, because Let's Go isn't proper. No, and, that, and that's a fair comment, for sure. Um, although it has a Gen 1 Pokemon, it isn't Gen 1, for sure. Um, Kerry and me both did Gen 1 the old school way back in the back in the day, as I, as I feel, as I feel I'm getting older saying now. So <laughs> Kerry was uh, on hand to lend advice. What was it you recommended? You was it was it a Nidoran with back kick? Double kick. Double ah, kick. this is the fun part. The last Gen One game I played was Yellow, where Nidoran of both genders learns double kick at level twelve. So I was like, oh shit! Just tell Alex to get a Nidoran with double kick. Yeah. In red and blue, it learns double kick at level 43, so that wasn't really very helpful. Ooh. Oh, that's I a big one. <laughs> one thing I do like about this game, though, is the way. Because obviously, it's the beginning, like, so there's only a certain amount of moves, only a certain amount of Pokemon. Move pools are really limited. Like, I was thinking, do I keep Nidoran to 40 whatever to get double kick so i looked at some um google forum internet forums see what they say and everyone was saying evolve nidorino before um level 23 because nidoking gets his last move at level 23 and that move is fresh which is 120 base power so you can't skip that and another one like for example is pikachu Pikachu gets its last move at level 49, which is Thunder. So I looked up what Raichu gets. Raichu doesn't get anything. Raichu gets free learns free attacks. And that's it. So if you evolve Pikachu before it learns any moves, your Raichu, unless you use a TM, will only ever have free attacks, which is Thunder Shock, Thunder Wave, and Growl. It doesn't even get Quick Attack. Wow. And I love it. Raichu doesn't Gen even, one baby. Raichu doesn't even learn quick attack. That's 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 wow. Well, I love it. I love this to bits. This really game is great. But also, I'd like to point out this is the generation where Charizard can't learn fly. This is also true. Um, bizarrely, but Doduo can. The the big wings. <laughs> yeah, Doduo has no wings and it can learn fly. Very, very bizarre. Rem remember, That's it kicks its legs fast enough. It does. Kick do you remember? Do you remember Pokemon Stadium? It used to kick its yes. legs really fast. <laughs> like that. It was just basically like jogging in air. 
in place in midair. That might be because Pokemon's Pokemon Stadium one and two are coming, of course, um, this spring to uh, to the Switch on the emulator. So we will be trying it out for sure on the channel. Um, we need to get that back the channel more spawning up there soon. Um, Kay mentioning there, of course, that um, level twelve on yellow, but level forty something for red and get and red and blue. That's a big difference. I think we, we were looking speaking, into yellow that. is a much easier game. Mm. Alex, oh, I was just gonna. I was literally that's what I was about to say. But yeah, look, we were looking at the differences in like like matchups, typings, levels they get moves, and what the gym leaders have. And it does seem like yellow was made easier, and that is understandable considering you start with Pikachu. But even even so, I was, we were shocked by the amount of differences they implemented. Yeah, shock. Well, but I mean, no, on yellow, too. you can also legitimately get all three starters. So, so this is this is also very true. Um, I'm loving this my adventure in Gen One, all in black and white. And soon, I'm going to go murder a child's Pokemon. But Alex, you haven't told them the he best. He ain't gonna eradicate after that. Yeah, oh, what, he's called Cunning all Yes. <laughs> what's, yeah. my, what's my yeah. grandson's name? Cunt. Oh, yes, I remember now. He's called Cunt. <laughs> Poor Oak. Fuck you, I'm living it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it, I'm living it in this time. Fuck it. Right. So, with that being said, um, obviously, Alex is going to get to the champions of. Of, of red another day of course um we're good we need to talk about gens seven eight and nine so that being said alex i believe you wanted to take uh, gen seven champion who is um well gen seven's a funny one really because obviously gyms and Elite Four isn't quite set up yet. In Gen 7, they have Totem Pokemon, which is a new... something new. And if I'm honest, after replaying the game recently, I think better than gyms. Because the thing is, when was the last time on a modern game you struggled with a gym? And... And I'm kind of excluding you, Matt, because as you said in the um, Scarlet and Violet, when we were discussing about Scarlet and Violet, you said, oh, I bet never lost any battles, but I overleveled my Pokemon to hell. So that's a fair enough. So this is more aimed at Kerry. Kerry, when was the last time you actually struggled against a gym leader? I think it is Sun and Moon. I remember going into the Totem Battle, Totem Pokemon Battle. I can't remember what the Pokemon's called. It was like a water spidery thing. What's oh, it called? That thing is awful. Oh, that I, the others I found hard. But something like that. It's got a name like that. The others were hard. This one I only won by the skin of my teeth. And by the end of it, it was one of those battles where you're so stressed you have to put the console down for a minute. 
and certain Pokemon were next level. I truly cannot remember the last time I struggled with a gym leader in a modern game. But that's getting... That, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, is the Elite Four. Because in this game, the Elite Four is in the process of being finished. And there is no champion yet. Um, I'm going to screw up his name, so I'm just going to... It's his actual name. The professor's name is K-U-K-U-I. So let's call him Professor Kuki. Professor Kuki is the placeholder until an actual champion is chosen, which he pins you and Hal against each other in the final match to see. But because not, neither of you two are the Elite Four champion until you two have a battle to decide it, we're going to speak about the placeholder, which is the professor of this region. And I have to say, I absolutely love his team. This feels like a team that I would use. The, the, main, the only Pokemon swaps is the starters. Everything else remains the same. And this is the order he uses them in. We have a Lycanroc, which is a um, physical attacking rock type. It sets up with Stealth Rocks and has Stone Edge and Crunch for um, backup. He then uses Alolan Ninetales, which is an Ice and Fairy type. So obviously it has um, Dazzling Gleam and Blizzard for the coverage. It has Ice Shard, which is a priority, so Ice Shard always goes first, like the Ice type Quick Attack. And it has Safeguard, so it can be hit with crits. He's got a Bravery, which is one of my favorite Pokemon to date. Probably in top 10, really. Which has Crushed Claw and Brave Bird for damage, but it also has Whirlwind to force you to swap. And it also has Tailwind, which allows... which I actually used on Matt in our last fight. Which, uh, basically, by using Tailwind, you, you get the speed advantage, so all your Pokemon speed gets increased and the opponent you're battling gets slowed down. Next he has Magnazone, which is also something I've been using in my recent playthrough, which is Thunderbolt and Flash Cannon. It has Thunder Wave to Paralyze, and it has Mirror Coat, so if it gets hit, it hits you back with double the amount of damage. We have a fairly standard Snorlax with Crunch, Heavy Slam, High Horse Power, and Body Slam. And then he has one of the free, one of the starters that you and How didn't pick. Which is either um, Deusawai, which is a Grass and Ghost type. Um, Primarina, which is the one that Kerry picked. And that's a Water and Fairy type. Or the Incineroar, which is a Fire and Dark type, but it also has Outreach for um, Dragon coverage. And last, the last thing to mention is the starter Pokemon have um, the Z-moves. So um, Incineroar has Fire and Z, the Primarina has a Water and Z, and Dutoi has a um, Grassy and Z. Yeah. But to put it into... A, to put it in easier context, um, Z-Moves is a once-per-battle move that you can use. A bit like your once-per-turn, your once-per-battle, Terra-Typing or Dynamaxing. But 
the um, base power of these moves is 180, which is stronger than the likes of Hyperbeam and like that. Yeah. So, it's a strong team, but it also has the stalling stuff. Like, it has Thunder Wave, it has Stealth Rocks, and it has Tailwind. And that those three things alone are huge, I think. The Vok is, is a particular uh, favourite of both yours and mine, Alex. We both use Stealth Rock to our advantage. When don't we set up with Stealth Rock when we battle each other? Um, I seem to remember back on one of the one of the older games. I believe it was on uh, Sword and Shield. I used to start with Shuckle. Yeah, I remember that. I used to start with Shuckle, which everyone obviously laughed at. But Shuckle can uh, um, cause the train to be basically sticky, so you can't swap someone out. Which is actually quite a really cool thing that to use. Um, no, but that that's that's a strong team. No matter which of the starters you don't are on his team. I think it. I think what makes it is what I think what makes it strong is the stalling moves like you've got tailwind that deals sorry you got stealth rock which deals damage when you switch in you got tailwind which gives them the enemy a speed boost and then you got thunder wave which slows people down and mirror coat which doubles the damage which like for example on Cynthia's Milotic in the remix of Diamond and Pearl was fucking terrifying yes that thing that thing takes from killing Yeah, this, and it's not because Gen Seven is one of my favorite games. I'm trying to remain as like middle groundy as I can, but this is—I don't know—I really like this team. It's nothing overkill, but this combination of Pokemon and moves is overkill. Yeah, it's a uh, very strong team. Very strong. Have you um? What's your thoughts? Did you have like a particular one you didn't like fighting of the, of the starters in that team, or were they all play me? I don't think there was any that I particularly didn't like. All I know is a lot of people on the internet like Incineroar. Yes. Those are evil by people. A, by, by a lot of people, I mean the furry community. Yes. Um, you. If you've been on... If you've ever They're on not Tumblr, hurting or, anyone. I'm not, oh, absolutely not. If you, if Alex you, just shook his head at me very sternly. If you've ever been on Tumblr at any point, or on DeviantArt at any point, I guarantee at some point they've come across Incineroar somewhere. <laughs> People do love their, their big flamey boy. Oh, he's not the only one. <laughs> I've spent too much time on Reddit. I've seen a lot of this. <laughs> Keep them off the streets, I guess. Keep yeah, exactly. Keep them off the streets, and you know, it's harmless, I guess. Um, yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, Crying inside. Slightly, yes. Um, one thing I have noticed here, though, is that 
that's the Alolan Nine Tails, isn't it? Yes, which is a ice and fairy type. Hmm. I was gonna say because at one point I think like that. that's quite like fire heavy, but then of course it's not, of course, because it's a uh, it's an icy fairy one. It's actually a really well balanced team, and that's annoying. Obviously, we don't like as a player we like things to be you know a challenge but not so much that if you haven't leveled things properly you you uh you don't imagine i will take issue with what you said earlier actually i'm going to take issue with what you said um i i didn't i don't make them op all the time i just happened to when it got to one of the gyms they were at, they were too low a level for for me because i went the other way around uh, that was all. I, I lost several battles. I lost several battles. You say so. I lost several battles. Yeah. I, there was, there was, huh? Sorry, you two carry on. I've just got something to mention to Alex before I forget. Let's go ahead. Um, I found out the 3DS versions of the old Pokemon games can trade with each other. Oh! I just googled okay. it. So can you help me get an Alakazam? Can you help me get an Alakazam? Yes, we must have Alakazam. Alakazam is the best boy. As much as I want to ride, as much as I want to ride on, I think I would rather have an Alakazam, because Psychic is evil in the Gen One, from what I've heard. Yes. My last Alakazam was called Taran, just for funsies. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, that's the other reason why I wanted, um, why I wanted um, Gen One games to be included with the um, the emulators, because they could quite easily link them to Pokemon Home. As well, hmm. Uh, hmm. because that's one thing as well. Pokemon Home still isn't come, hasn't been um, confirmed as a release date for uh, for Gen Nine, which we'll get to later, obviously. Um, Alex, might be time to rank this one. What's the ranking score again? Out of five. Uh, I will give it. A 4.5 out of 5. My only gripe with this team is it's a post-game team. So it just... I get that they try to make the games more um, new player friendly. But just the no items for anything but the Z-move just does me in. Because you could just imagine what some items would do for these Pokemon. Yeah. But one could also argue, perhaps, that the right items with Pokemon might make it a bit too hard for some people. I know, but like, let's just say you chuck some leftovers on your um, Snorlax in... Like you do. The Lycanroc had a focus sash so it couldn't get one-shotted. Because it's fast, it would be fast enough to get in a Stone Edge app on its next turn after setting up Stealth Rocks. It's just items can make or break a team. Hmm. So four point five out of five for me. That is more than that is more than fine. I thought Kerry leaned forward. We mentioned Snorlax having leftovers. <laughs> she is a big Snorlax fan. Um, yes. I'm going to give. A... I'm gonna give a 
I'm going to go three and a half out of five, personally. Um, the team, it's it's strong. Um, much like Alex, I feel that items could improve it massively. Um, the reason why I'm going to point this in Alex is because you're fighting against the professor who is and you're not fighting against a actual you know champion champion as it were as Snorlax hoves into view <laughs> okay he's green so yeah three and a half out of five because we faced um in our Pokemon careers um Reg uh Cynthia I haven't put Reg yet no, I'm, I'm I'm saying that I'm saying that we as a people, not not us in general, as we, a collective. Yeah, yeah, as a collective mindset. Yes, we have all we've we've gone through Red, <coughs> you know, Cynthia, and now we're at we're fighting our own professor. It's it does feel like they like that they had nothing better in plan. What about you, Kerry? What rating are you giving it? I'm. You see, the thing is, Gen Seven wasn't particularly memorable for me, but I think I was quite harsh on it when I actually played it through. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it four. Because whilst I'm not a fan of the team that's used, I like the idea behind it. Okay. My laptop just completely frozen, so I don't know if you've got any of that. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Okay, cool. You're, you're, you're all good. <laughs> but yeah. This has been the Kerry and my small collection of Gen 1 plushies. Okay, so we have... Um, so there's a 4.5, a 4, and a 3.5. That's... My math is terrible. Um... I think um. that's 12. It is. 12 out of 15. Not too bad. It's one of the higher ranked ones. Not too bad at all. Now. Now. Right. Time to talk about Gen 8. Or sword and shield, as we call it. Um, where the hell do we start with with Leon? Um, let's, let's start Did you with. Did know he's a champion? Did you know he has a Charizard? He makes that known many, many times. And to be fair, he does give you a Charmander at game's end. To be fair, which is nice, you know. Um, however. He walks around with a fucking cape. For a start. Who else does that? Why? Knock it. I was gonna say, is this just slight business because Chad wouldn't let you have a full cape? Nope. Nope, not at all. No, not at all, not at all, not at all. Um, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, why doesn't need a full cape? Knock it. Remember? After all. Nah, why it's good enough as he is. Yeah, right. 
No, but Leon in general is an absolute dick as a champion. As a person. What the problem I've got with him um, is actually because he is the one solely responsible for Hot and his attitude. Now, Hop and I, I unfairly had an agenda against Hop at one point. But you guys have taught me round. I'll admit that. He he just he wants to be just like his brother, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm relatively sure that your little brother wants to be just like you, Alex. At one point, maybe not now, but you know because he's a teenager. But <laughs> who knows? Um, but I know that Leon should have endorsed Hop just because it was his brother. Why does he why does he endorse the player character? I mean look we wrong, that's clearly what the plot needed. Um but yeah, for me I've he, he, Leon is Leon basically wrecks his own home. Weird. It's weird. And then we got of course his his team. Um, of course, it depends on the starter you uh, you uh, don't you don't pick, of course, because at the start of the game you pick your Pokemon. Hop gets the one which is weak to yours, um, and then um, Leon gets the one which is strongest to yours. Um, you know, it is it, it it is what it is. So you got you got um um is it Aegislash? Slash? Alex? Yes. Um, Dragapult, um, Haxorus, Rhyperior, then you have the final form of the starter, and of course his Charizard. Um, none of them have any items at all, which would have, which is bizarre given how any time we've ever battled on Sword and Shield, and we've had many battles on Sword and Shield, Alex, um, yes. we've always made sure we've had leftovers. We've had, you know, like they've been holding smooth balls and bells and things like that and feathers. They hold, they hold anything and everything which can give our Pokemon a slight advantage. Okay, they, they, they we try to get the most out of every team we put up against each other, and. Again, there's just so many things you think. I mean, Intellion, for example, that was that was one I picked. Yeah, I was getting past it, Alex. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the some of the some of those moves that are absolutely amazing. Um, they're, they're, they've all got their own custom, like big finisher, haven't they? They've, they've always had that throughout all the games, I think, haven't they? Um, Snipe shot, I think, is particularly powerful. I've not. Is Pyro Ball worth having a Cinderace? Yes. Okay, I've never had a Cinderace. I don't think I've actually managed to fully level up my Cinderace. Um, I've got a Rillaboom bow. Um, drum beating is very useful. And of course, of course, in this in this game, of course, you've got the Gigantamax. Um, the um, obviously, you can normally Dynamax your Pokemon, but some of them have 
if a moat have literally got some Gigantamax moats, I think you can you get you get a Pikachu or an Eevee, can't you? For if you play Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, aren't you? Um, and they get and they give you extra bonus bits and pieces. Um, yeah, um, I I want to bring you guys in at this point. No, um, who wants to give their thoughts on Leon and his team? You want to go first, Kerry? I want to say no, but I feel like that wasn't really a question. Oh boy. Leon and his team. I have to quickly look at the same, because I'm genuinely struggling to remember what he had. Thankfully, we've we've managed to to um, use the various databases to to corral uh, the team together. So, okay, we're just having a quick glance through it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just. Well, then again, you should know what I've got to say about the last champion. I feel like the teams of recent. Cha- recent, as in the last few games, haven't really been that memorable. I don't know if I'm just stuck on some sort of nostalgia loop or something, but I genuinely do struggle to remember what the most quote-unquote recent champions have actually had, because nothing really stood out to me. All I remember about Leon is he has big Charizard. And I destroyed it with big boy. (laughs) Yes. It, it is the uh, it's a team which certainly doesn't do well against big boy Snorlax for sure it's, it's not even that I ended up with Inteleon and we swept 5 out of 6 of the Pokemon just with him Inteleon is and, an absolute beast and we weren't even like over leveled I find Leon's team, basically, Inteleon can deal with almost everything in the team. The only thing he'd maybe have trouble with is the Rillaboom. Yeah. I feel like I'm not making my point very coherently tonight. No, you make your point very coherently, because obviously you've got, you got, you got a rock, you got, you got a rock type in there, steel type, two, two dragon types. And obviously, Charizard, the fighter type. Yeah, hmm. I can, I can totally see your logic there. And Ega Slash, obviously, you have Dark Bolts and things like that. Yeah. To deal with it. Alex, what's it's what's not. Your, it's um, objectively speaking, it's not a bad team. Because hmm. I think that's the thing with a lot of teams. And I'm going to go more into the champions who have a very big, weak gap where you can just sweep them in the next one. But I think that's Leon's gap. Inteleon can basically sweep most of his team. Hmm. See, I, I don't know if you can with the other two, but given the fact that there is some rock types in I mean, I know grass is strong against rock as well, but... Yeah, water type will make mincemeat of uh, Rhyperior, unfortunately for him. 
I just feel like going back a bit. Let's go back to what I believe is Alex's favourite, Cynthia. It would be very, very hard to find a way to sweep Cynthia's team with one Pokemon. Yeah. And then the remake, it's probably not impossible. Yeah. It's, it's because certainly, her team is very, very varied. It is very much a case where you need to, like, plan for Cynthia. Because once you know you've beaten, once you've beaten Elite Four once on that game, and you, and you face Cynthia, you know you've got to prepare for Cynthia after really for which in itself is, you know, that's, that's a challenge. Obviously, you've got to keep your Pokemon all healthy, etc. And make sure you've got enough revives and potions, etc. I think that was my main letdown with Leon as a champion. Mm. Because of my starter, I could essentially just sweep him at the end. I mean, it's a perfectly valid reason. Perfect reasons to have that thought for sure. Do you concur, Alex? Okay, so the problem is, I'm I saw with Rillaboom, so obviously he didn't have Rhyperior for me, he had um Seismitoad and Incinderace. But I'm gonna refer to his Rillaboom team, is that's the most common one because a lot of people went for Inteleon. So it's 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 definitely got its flaws as all teams have it's lacking items i items makes and breaks a team like looking at this team he should start with Rhyperior, set up a um um stealth rock it, it's just the little things but the problem is this i just love the pokemon on this team yeah, Aegislash is probably my favourite Gen 6 Pokemon. Rillaboom is probably one of my favourite starters of all time. Charizard's iconic. Love it or hate it. Yes, he is over overrated, but love Charizard anyway. The rest, eh. But you can't ignore the fact that they're just... It's a strong team, it's just the lack of items that ruins it. It's always the items that really just ruin the team. And you know what I think the biggest problem with Sword and Shield is? What's that? Is the fact that the game coach designs um, to use a Gigantamax last. Like the Terra types. The Terra typing and Dynamaxing is a lot more deadly when you don't expect it to come out. Like when we first had, when we had our first match in. Um, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. I we had a double battle. I started with Palafin and Clodsire. Clodsire used Stealth Rock in. I swapped out um Palafin for Miascarada. Yeah. And I instantly went into Terra Type on the second round, which you never saw coming. And then yeah. obviously Flower Trick carted like an absolute bastard. But if in the game's coding, they always use their Terra types or their Dynamaxes and their Mega Evolutions last. And it's easy to counter because you know exactly when it's coming. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the fact that this team's great, but the lack of items and the fact that Dynamaxing is last every single time is what lets this team down for me. Okay. 
Like, I, I just can't hate on it because it has some of my favourite Pokemon ever. Mm. Well, my grade for this team is not based on, on, on the team as such. The team, four and a half stars, easy. Leon gets a two and a half as a person. So I'm going to average that to a three. Freestyle for Leon. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna give it four. Going off the Rill- the Rillaboom team is really strong. Rillaboom is a really strong starter. Aegislash is bulky. Dragapult is strong. Gigantamaxing Gigantamax Pokemon in general is strong. It's just the fact that the Gigantamax is always last. And the fact that the team has no items to cover its weaknesses is what drops it. So I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 4. Because it's a strong team. It's just the items and the Gigantamax being last that lets it down. Yeah. That's fair enough. Sorry, my laptop is having a full-blown meltdown. It's all good, kid. It's all good. We can still hear you. It's all good. Um, what would you give Leon's team out of five? I'm going to be honest. I completely missed what you gave it if you've already done your score, so... Uh, yeah, um, so I gave it a three because Leon is a bitch in general. Well, not to be, but he's a bitch in life. I think I'm also going to go free, just because I'm biased by the major weak spot. That was my experience with his team. Okay. There are, there are obviously some, some gaps in there for sure, um, which obviously we've, we've highlighted. Um, he certainly isn't getting um, a glowing... He's only got 10 out of 15 he has, so... Um, yeah, room for improvement, Mr. Leon. <laughs> which sort of brings us nicely up to date with Gen 9, which is Scarlet and Violet. So, Miss Kerry, you wanted to uh, talk about. Um, I'm checking my notes here. What did you call them? Pardon? You, I believe you called. You called her the greasy bitch. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Whoever designed her character model did a bad job. They made some See? bad design choices. Okay, maybe. She just looks greasy. Like she's got a giant jellyfish on her head or something. Great. Like, girl, wash your hair. I, I don't like her her character design, and someone's probably going to come for me for saying that. But you know what? There's these things called opinions, and you are allowed to have them, believe it or not. Oh, it's, abs- it's absolutely perfectly justified. I mean, I was worried that we were going to be talking about um, Nimona here. Um, but, uh, but then when she only has champion rank, she's not the champion. Um, 
so that's fine. So explain why um I've actually got the picture here we've got in the chat. It says Gita sucks ball sacks. That you Alex. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, that was name. that was just on Cerebi. Oh was it? Name. <laughs> it's okay. it's like a Polish name or something. Fair, fair enough then. Um so with that in mind, elaborate why um I mean the team is well the, the team is mid. That's the nicest way I could put it. But the main the biggest flaw, the first thing I'm gonna point out, is her team might work better if it was in a completely different order. Glamora needs to go up front with as it has the ability toxic debris, it's essentially free toxic spikes every time it gets hit. I gave my Miascrada Toxic Spikes for the second championship. Yeah. And it is brutal. You set it up on your first turn and it just does its thing. So I feel like having Glamora last is a terrible choice. Because by that point, the Toxic Debris is not going to do anything. Unless you're really unlucky. And then King Gambit needs to go either at or towards the back. For its, I can't get over the name of its ability. Supreme Overlord. As by then, it's gonna have such an attack boost that if it gets you, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. And then like Avalog and Go Go uh, mid, I guess. I like I like Go Go because I like goats. But come on. I mean, I believe at some point Alex actually figured out some replacements for some of the weaker links in the team. Go on, Alex. What you got? Alright, here's how I would do it. I would have... What I would do is... Esprofra is alright because it has um, Luminia Crash, which... Um, harshly drops special defense every time it hits and that obviously does hit quite hard but I would probably swap that for hmm, what would I swap it for I would probably swap it for Mr. Mine because Mr. Mine has access to light screen and um, reflect which obviously would weaken attacks against it the Go Goat, I would swap for. Most other grass types, let's be completely honest, because Go Go is just trash. The Veluza, you'd have to swap for a Palafin. I, un I understand why they didn't put Palafin on this team, because Palafin is absolutely evil and has like a base stat of 650, which is higher than the majority of legendaries. Yeah. The Avalug, I would swap for a Suratitan, because it has HP through the roof. King Gambit, I'd keep but I'd swap out Zen Headbutt for Sucker Punch because this thing gets Sucker Punch which obviously always goes first and if that came out last it has like a plus six Sucker Punch 
which will one shot a lot. It, that, that, that would be that would be brutal. And I've just seen Charlie's Island now appeared. <laughs> so I did not notice that. Yeah, that is brutal. Um, a plus six. But what about Glamora? Glamora, I would, I'd keep it, but it would go first. Actually, you know what? Here's what I would do. I would keep a Sparfra because um, that it's not the strongest, but it's moved to that drop special defense is quite strong. Get rid of Gogo entirely and replace it for Golden Go because it's an it's an exclusive that nobody else has. For loser, I would swap for either a Dondozo, which is the more likely one, but if I wanted to be a bitch, and I would be a bitch, I'd have Palafin instead. But Palafin would be sent out first, and then it would um, flip turn into Espafra, who would set up screens. I'd swap the Avalog for Ceratitan, or Backscalloper, probably Backscalloper, because you've got the setup Pokemon, so Backscalloper would come out next instead of Avalog. Keep the King Gambit for last, and keep the Glamora. I would prob. I'm in between a spa for setting up screens, like start with Palafin, swap it out, either into a spa for to set up screens. Or into Glamora to set up spikes. Because either combination works really well. Oh, but no, this team just aggravates me. This team genuinely just makes me want to smack my head on the wall. Because in my first playthrough, I had Cerule Edge and Skeledurge on my team. And they are the only two Pokemon I use, and we absolutely annihilated her. To a point where I actually felt like I should send an apology letter to Diantha if she was a real person. I also did a Skeledurge sweep for the entire team. Go Skelecroc. I, I, it's I, brutal though. I'm trying to remember who. I think when I was taking on the Elite Four, I think my Dragonite made. just like went right through him. Um. Dragonite, if you if you find one, um, is well, obviously he can learn every single move type almost pretty much. I think he had I think he had four different kinds of punch, like uh, thunder punch, ice punch, uh, fire punch, you know, and a flamethrower. I think I think he, he, he was he was he was built for uh, relief four for sure. Um, doesn't do so well with terror raids. <laughs> we found out. But, um, oh, so, where do you rank him? One. One. And I know that's, and I know that sounds like a bitch move. That's fine, Alex. Just explain the one. It's, for loser, is a weak water type. Go-Go is a weak grass type. Avalug is a weak ice type. This generation introduced a water type. I don't think it introduced any grass types that were worth having, but it introduced 
an ice type and a water type that was worth having. Two other water types. You have Dondozo and Palafin, both ridiculously stronger than Veluza. It introduced Satitan and Baxcalibur, which were both nigh on obvious replacements for Avalug. The King Gambit doesn't have Sucker Punch. The Glamora comes out last when it has a moot when it has an ability that sets up toxic spikes once it's hit. In the S buffer, it's good, but it's pretty mid as psychic types go. It's just they're in previous games, they designed teams. They designed the games to be as you new player friendly as they can. But I feel like this team just overdoes it. It fit it's design it the way they design this, it's like they don't want the player to lose at all. And I've I have a theory for that, because I feel like they Nimona's fight is harder than yeah. this team. Because I always not so much in my red playthrough because I would lose the red playthrough quite quickly if I did it. But in the in this game, I allow in modern Pokemon games, I don't do switch-ins once a Pokemon is out. I keep everything on set. And I only allow one healing item per match. And because of that, Nimona actually got me down to my final Pokemon in our playthrough, but Terrastalizing fixed the weakness that I had in allowed me to win. But it what it feels like, since you battle Nimona straight after Jita, it feels like they deliberately made her weaker than Nimona. Which is a fair enough thought, and it's something that I'm not mad about because Nimona is the final boss. But it just feels deliberately bad how they made the team and how the Pokemon they picked, the the way they set the team up. It just deliberately feels like you can't lose it. And they designed it deliberately so you don't lose. This, this team's a 1 out of 5. It just... It's terrible. Okay. Um... I was going to go for three because, you know, I thought I was going to be probably a little bit generous. Um, but I don't entirely disagree with what you've said there. Um, but I'm, I'm sticking with three because I think it, if you use them the right, those ones in the right way, you can still do a better job than they're actually doing. Um, now to ask Kerry. Um, if you want to get oh hello you just crack your neck okay okay what you got for us girl okay I'm gonna go two because uh, what's the nicest way I can put this the battle itself is a piece of piss the team it would do best so much better if you just 
pushed Glamorat to the front and King Gambit to the back. That's literally all you have to do to instantly amp up the team. But I guess that would be too easy. Because I understand they are trying to make Pokemon friendly for everyone. Because, you know, the people that Pokemon was originally made for are growing up now. You know, within reason. Well, yeah. And I can understand they're trying to make it as friendly to new people as possible. But it does feel very, very hand-holdy at times. I've noticed that with the newer games. You don't really have to think too hard about anything. Mm, it does almost tell you exactly how to beat the person sort of thing. I mean, I think you mentioned it, Kerry, about um, the newer game. It you can tell you in the move list if it's effective against the yeah. your opponent or not. I honestly wish you could just turn that off because it just makes a lot of battles so mindless after all. You're just like this one, this one, this one. You don't really have to think too hard about anything. Takes a bit of logic, takes a bit of, especially with all the different types of are now, takes a little bit of the mystery out. For sure. Um... Plus, she's supposed to be this fantastic trainer, and I swept her with my skill touch. <laughs> Your fire croc. Your fire croc. So what's Alex? Can we agree that Skeledurge is a top G? Skeledurge is the best starter in generation nine. Change my mind. By the way, you won't. The I mean Meowscrod is my favourite, but oh I love I Dancing love, Peacock. I, I, I love all of I them. Will. They're all cool. I haven't had a um Braxley yet. I've had a Meowscarada because in the last playthrough I did I let the internet pick my team, which was really fun because it's a team that I probably never would have used otherwise, would have never thought of using, but I really enjoyed using them. Skeledurge is my favourite from this generation. Miascarada, I love. They're, they're awesome, and Flower Trick is fucking evil. Especially when you um, terastalize because it gets the crit boost and the power boost and I can't get my rage into Quaxley because I haven't used it and I cannot pronounce its final evolution's name for all shit neither can I, I so I would have a better time writing the Chinese alphabet perfectly with my eyes closed I was going to say I can't actually remember what it's called so I just call it Andrelfus which is my one's nickname they are all Andrelfus now but I mean, Meowscarad is my favourite. If you've se ever seen my Twitter page, you'll know I have a bit of a thing about jesters. Because, you know, they're fucking cool. And... Pardon? Qua, qua, vowel. Then quack, quack. Qua, qua, vowel. I'm still calling it flamboyant peacock or Andrathus. That's fair. That's fair. And Skeledurge is a poor dead crocodile. With the coolest cry out of any Pokemon. It sounds like an oncoming train. Yeah. But yeah, I'm giving old Jellyfish Harris a two. A two. So Which gives her a six. A six. I think that makes her the worst Pokemon League champion. If she's not the worst, she is one of the worst. For sure. Wow. 
<laughs> so we've been through all the league champions now. Yes. And the question I have, obviously, is that they they are obviously already working on Gen 10. We know this. They haven't announced it yet, obviously, but they are working on it because they need to have the next thing in the pipeline because unfortunately the Pokemon fans, particularly ones in Japan, are absolutely rabid for it still. So they they need they need more content. So mm. I'm gonna ask around the table as it were. What do I need to put in there to improve things? Because obviously Gen 9, 6 out of 15. Mega so, Evolution. Battle Tower. Battle Tower. Yes! Mega Pearl Evolution. Battle Tower. Yes! Um, I'm going to say, um, while the Union Circle was a great idea, uh, it's really limited what you can actually do with it. You can only really do Terror Age. You can't battle each other or battle brand in the field with, with, with your mates so that sort of thing Kerry is waving yes yes also more side fun things like Pokemon contests and like the Pokemon Olympics from Heart Gold and Soul Silver just more silly fun things parks where you can walk around for your Pokemon behind you mm. keep that in hmm make it like the older games where they actually stay on your tail and don't fall massively behind like they do in Diamond and Pearl but keep in quick battling, because that's really good. The quick battling I thing is, is, is very useful, to be fair. It is quite a good way of, of quickly levelling the characters up. There needs to be more to do post-game other than paid DLCs, which is why they need to bring back co-op battle tower, and which is why I think newer games would also benefit from things they had in the past, like contests, Olympics... Um, what game was it? I have a feeling it was Gen 3, where post-game they had it was kind of like a battle tower but it was like seven different themes of battles yeah i remember there was a survivor house and i struggled on that one but it was really cool that's the sort of thing you want to come back so so if you are listening out there pokemon company and to be fair you you should be um please include please take our thoughts on board i dare say the community is asking for things like this and possibly even more I, mean, I don't think either me are really. Oh, Alex is asking for more. No, well, I'm, I'm not asking for more. I'm just confirming that once Gen 10 comes out, I'm calling my character Ten Jenison. Even do Kerry would get that. I I got it as well. I got a Ben right. 10 yes. Because it just fits so well. It's a good one. It's a good one for sure. Yeah, but. If I could quickly add something. Of course. Keep EXP candies. Not, I'm not on about rare candies. I'm on about the EXP candies that they introduced in um, Generation 8. Because that was small they one. made compet- yeah. the bottle cap system and the EXP mm. um, candies makes competitive ready Pokemon so much easier to do legitly. Yeah. Because I was watching someone speed run. A, I was, I was watching someone because a lot of people. He went into his comments and made a video about how everyone complains that um, people who don't do who don't do legit competitive Pokemon are lazy. So to prove it, he used a he sped run. Making a competitive team in Heart Gold, and 
to make things worse, he needed special things and special items and abilities. So he had to also use a copy of Platinum to send over things and send Pokemon back and forth. The speed run took him 84 hours to make a team of six competitive Pokemon. Nowadays, you can... Nowadays, you can make a competitive Pokemon in about an hour with the Gen A methods. No, you can, you could warrant spending like five to ten hours making a competitive team, but you can't warrant speed running eighty-four hours to make a competitive team. So that's a mechanic that they should definitely keep. It, how you can make competitive Pokemon with bottle caps in um, EXP candies nowadays. Oh, and also the fact they got rid of heart scales and you can teach Pokemon new moves through the um, menu. They should also keep that. I like the fact that you can like go back as well quite quick, so go back easier. It's, it They've just made it so much easier to make competitive Pokemon and I love that mm. I, I like it as well because it also gives you a chance to see what Pokemon that you for example if you, if you go and catch up like one out in the world or something you can you can actually find out what the, what the move they learnt as babbies before they became level 75 in the world sort of thing and that, that actually is kind of interesting oh one more thing to add Bring back X and Y's level of character customization. It's one of those things that doesn't seem important from a first glance, but I really think it customizes the gameplay just a little more to the player. But you know, unlike with X and Y, make it so that you don't have to permanently wear a hat. <laughs> yeah, I don't... that was perfect, except for the fact you couldn't take off your hat. I don't want to wear a hat. All the time. I'm aware that I like wearing a hat all the time, sort of thing. You do wear a hat a lot. I do wear a hat. Lucy, darling! Lucy, hey, how you doing? Not too bad, honey bunnies. Hi again, Chris. <laughs> the difference between myself and Alex. Very, very different. Very, very different, yes. Right. So. Alex is looking very slick with all his hair pushing. He has, he has slicked his hair. Stop flirting with my fiance. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I'm just taking the piss out of you, man. <laughs> Told ya. He thought you were flirting with him. Right. No, I just like taking the piss out of you. Alex, don't play Love the man you, like Chris. that. <laughs> In any case. We've given our thoughts on what we want from Gen 10, and we want to come back for Gen 10 as well. So, uh, anyone out there who wants to give their thoughts on what they want next generation, um, feel free to send us a DM or, you know, etc. And, you know, if it's a good enough suggestion, we'll read out um, in the future show. Right, guys, time to wrap things up. Um, and head off on our main way. Um, Alex, I think it's only right to plug both yours and Kerry's um, new D&D, which is already dropped on Vision of Media. Um, you'd like to remind people what it is, what the new series is called. 
Okay, well, obviously, Tales of Autovia has ended now. It ended a little bit ago, and there is reasons for um, Kerry's next campaign, but you'll have to listen in and find out. My one is called Tales of Meridian, and it follows it follows up on the current story, just 25 years later. And Kerry, you introduce yours. Over to you. Shoo. Okay. So, if you've been following DNJ, you may have noticed I haven't actually finished releasing The Fall of Osha, and there are reasons for that. I am working to catch up on it eventually. But I also started releasing my new campaign, which is called The Lights of Asatora. And it's kind of... If you've been listening to The Fall of Osha, you'll have heard the mainland mentioned quite a few times. It's set on the mainland. <laughs> Which, unlike the island where it's kept in caveman technology, because, you know, they don't want the prisoners to have too much. <coughs> I apparently have a wasting disease. <laughs> Asatora is the main city on the continent, and it's very, very technologically advanced. The campaign itself is set a year after the events of the Fall of Oshia. And, you know, if you listen to it, I had a lot of fun sound editing in the first episode. But if you want to find out more, you should listen to it. Why? Because I said so. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's well worth your time. Um, Edenoid back soon as well. Uh, wrapping that up soon as well. It is wrapped up. Uh, we need to finish editing it. Um, and then, of course, we're moving on to the next campaign, which we have already started uh, for me, but uh, I'm not going to spoil anything just yet about what it is, apart from the fact that it is a Spelljammer campaign um, called Spellspace. And that's all you're getting from me for now. I literally just spoiled the entire thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> no Since we're that- talking about D&D... We're recording this on a Monday. Tomorrow from recording this, we are playing Escape from All Farm. Which means that all of us are going to lose our fucking minds. <laughs> As always. But we love it. We love it dearly. Um, and of course, Chad has been releasing um, more and more of his episodes, so they're on the network. And don't forget to check out Caitlin's stuff um, over on uh, Dice and Suffering. Um, they've got, they've got um, our Blade in the Dark is over there. And of course, we've also got um, the old Into the Waste, and I believe the Bloodbound is now um, being edited. Um, so that'll be coming up soon there as well. Um, but yeah, that's it from us this week. Um, we'll be back uh, we'll be back soon, another episode. Uh, thank you, Charizard, and all your amazing friends. Um, on behalf of us all at Game Junkies, I'm Matt. I'm Alex. And I'm the Kerry. <laughs> We're the Game Junkies, and we will be back soon. We're out of here. Adios. Right after these commercials. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.